0: My guest in this episode is Charles Johnson. He's one of the owners of Terra Mae Spa and Salon. He's a founder of the Alabama Entrepreneur Podcast. He's an author. And I just wanted to hear about his journey a little bit. And also, he wrote the book on customer service. So I asked him about that, and he had his one-word answer really impressed me on this. I found out we're a lot alike. I really enjoyed sitting down and talking with him, and I think you'll enjoy this episode as well. Hey, welcome back to the Relentless Positivity Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martin. So I've got Charles Johnson with me here today. So he's, he's an author. You might not know that about him. He's a business owner. He's also a fellow podcaster. So thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, great being here. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, absolutely. So uh, first of all, where did you grow up? So I was actually born at Huntsville Hospital. Oh, yes. So 1968. All right. And uh, didn't live here too long. I was what they called a Boeing brat. So we moved around a lot. So I was three months old when we left. I went to Atlanta, Brentwood, Tennessee, then on to Seattle, Wichita, back to Huntsville. And then uh, I graduated high school here and then went to University of Alabama. And then my parents moved to Wichita, Kansas, and then I went to Wichita State. Uh, And then I finished my, I came back here and finished my uh, degree at Faulkner University and then I got a master's in science management from Faulkner. Uh, and I was working um, full-time going to school the last couple of years. And But when I was in high school here, I worked at Wilson's Dry Cleaners. Okay. So I would get out of school, and I would go and work. And during that time, I loved the dry cleaning business. I love the customers and I love the whole process of it. And Mr. Wilson, I think he was 85 years old. He was still working. And I just eventually decided, I think that's what I wanna do. So I was a junior in high school and I knew at such a young age at what I wanted to do. And that was be in the dry cleaning business. And so I, when i was in wichita uh, i was going to wichita state and i was working full time actually at a dry cleaner trying to learn someone had told me that this guy was this incredible dry cleaner which sounds funny but someone's got to be mean, the man he he put out some amazing work and everybody that worked there had been with him for like 30 years and they they just knew how to do it, and it flowed so good. And then I went to uh, International Fabric Care Institute, which is in Silver Springs, Maryland, and I got my certificate in dry cleaning. All right. And then I came back to Huntsville, and I started a dry, a dry cleaning business. So from scratch, uh, we looked at different places to buy and none of them just uh, they were either too expensive or uh, just wasn't what we were looking for and so I got into doing dry cleaning and then I've been in Huntsville ever since it's kind of a long way around of coming say, back maybe to Huntsville but travel the world cleaning
0: and drying everywhere right right, right? very cool so
1: which toss is that's <laughs> a that shockers that that's the, the Shockers, okay. the Wichita Shockers. Right, there you go. I got to see a lot of basketball games. Cool. Uh, and, and some baseball. More basketball than baseball. But, uh, but yeah, it's great. Wichita's really a very interesting city. I've never been there. I've, I've heard good things about it.
0: They have a lot of good. Like, I heard about the baseball there. So that's a big baseball town. So. Right. So you, you've been in the dry cleaning business. So what happened? Why are you not still in the dry cleaning business? So
1: when I came here to do that, it was a lot of hard work, like we talked about, you know, sure. being a business is a lot of hard work, and I was uh, married, working about 130 hours a week, Goodness, did not have any children, so, you know, that was a blessing, but back then, I was a perfectionist, And, uh, so I learned a lot of hard lessons along the way. So everything that left, uh, was 100% spot on. And that makes for a very hard life. I bet. So there were days when I would just go and never even leave. I would just spend the night, you know, just work Uh through. And it was a good business. Uh, you know, the business, it was there and definitely developed a good reputation But it took a toll on my health and my marriage. My marriage ended. And so, you know, you go through all of these emotions on, you know, what I could have or should have done differently. You beat yourself up. Right. And, you know, at some point I said, you know, this is not going to be something that I can do long term. I remember because I was such a perfectionist, uh, we had... uh, two locations and we had 25 employees. And at the end of the last year that I really did it, uh, we had sent out 87 W-2 forms with 25 people. (laughs) So the turnover was incredible. Right. So, you know, um, and I'm sure a lot of that had to do with, I was a perfectionist. You know, I demanded a lot out of these low paying jobs. And, you know, something, another lesson that I learned is that sometimes people are content with what they make and how they do it. And if you give them a raise, they know that they don't have to work two hours on a Friday afternoon or come in late and things like that. I learned a lot uh, about that level of employee. And I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm just saying that people have different perspectives on how they want their life to be. Sure and so uh you know learning that learning to not take myself so serious that's an important one very very important sure and you know i i just was a very serious hard working as my dad would always tell me chuck you have no balance you have to have balance in your life and i didn't have it smart guy so very smart guy yeah A lot of life lessons learned from
0: my dad, for sure. That's awesome. So uh, speaking of that, so your dad had some other kids. So now you work with your brothers. Yes. Tell me what that's like, because I have two brothers. So, yes.
1: (laughs) I can't imagine working with them. So we, Mike, so how we got kind of into this business, Mike is the oldest, I'm the youngest, Jeff's in the middle. And Mike Worked at the state of Alabama under Guy Hunt. Okay. And he did economic development uh, on a task force. And they would go into towns to see what could be viable here. What kind of business would, would work in this town to help try to revitalize it a little bit. And what they discovered was hair. Everyone always had to have a haircut. Everybody would go to the barber shop hair salon, whatever.
0: Man, they did not
1: survey me on that one. <laughs> right? <laughs> that hurts. Or yep. me, right? <laughs> so, uh, Jeff is a cosmetologist, so we always kid because Jeff is the one that with the talent. Mike and I, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff, when he got out of high school, he didn't know what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. and But he was pretty sure that he didn't really want to go on to to college. So my dad said, why don't you learn to do hair? So he said, okay. So we went to school to be a cosmetologist. And so, and my path was going different down the dry cleaning path. And then they opened up the beauty market, which was by Applebee's on South Parkway. And so... It was a new shopping center at the time. And so we we open we opened that up and uh, I wasn't really in on the beginning of that until after the dry cleaning, after we sold it. But going in to the beauty market, it was really, we had 26 product lines and then we had five hairstylists. And, you know, it, it worked out great for a long time and then we added a second location to that and so that was back in the 90s well we ended up um and we have a third uh well we have a fourth partner uh lisa adair Mm -hmm. so lisa was a stylist at the beauty market and lisa and jeff said look we want to do a spa so we want to you know we want to do more than just hair sure And, you know, as we were looking around, there wasn't really anything like that here. And people were still kind of funny what a spa was here. And like there was one in Decatur, but there wasn't really anything going on. So we started looking into it. We hired uh, a consultant, and we actually bought out another two-person spa uh, to try to see how they were doing it and what they were doing and the practices and all of that and how that flowed and it was a good way to really try to do that. So, that's how I kind of got more involved with Mike and Jeff and us coming in together. So, working with them, you know, I never see them. That's easier then, right? So, we all kind of have our role yeah. that we do, and Mike is our CEO and uh, he has guided us along the way and, you know, we we listen to him, you know, we don't struggle with any power struggles or anything like that. Um, we all give our advice and we talk about things and we're not always going to agree with things. You know, just like COVID, we all had sort of our own take on what that looks like, wearing masks and, uh, all kinds of things. So, you know, the conversation sometimes gets hard, but at the end of the day, we're brothers and, you know, it works out. So, uh, we have a very close family. And so I think because of that, we're able to, To kind of put our differences aside and and move on.
0: That's great, man. I'm not sure my my
1: brothers and I would be the same like that. (laughs) Unless we get along that well. You know, and I think if we had to work with each other every day and see each other every day. It might be different. It it might be, you know, and I still see them a lot. Like I leave here and I go to my mom's and, uh, you know, Jeff will be there or Mike will be there. And, uh, you know, so it's not like we don't see each other. But we do we in the beginning we didn't do a great job at turning it off at thanksgiving and christmas Mm -hmm. but now we really do we we kind of just separate it out so we usually if there's anything going on we usually try and talk about it during business hours instead of family time it's a great way to do it yeah keep family family business to business and it's hard
0: yeah so uh you guys are known for keeping employees for a long time is that something you picked up from mr wilson some tips along the way that is that something you learned in the dry cleaning biz so i think we
1: approach it as, you know, employees are our customers. That's a great way to look at it. So we have to take care of them. They take care of us. We have to take care of them. It's a two-way street. But ultimately, they really are our customers. So what is it that we can do for them to make them want to come back and to enjoy their job every day and to be like a family? And that's what we try to put out there. Now, we're not always successful. Sure. And sometimes, you know, we have a very lengthy hiring process. So the hiring process, you know, sometimes people get tired of coming back for the fifth or sixth time. But we have to see them in different, you know, we, we just have to see them, how they respond Yeah, you can show one day and you'll be okay. But
0: you can you kind of get down to the nitty gritty and see who they really are, right? You
1: can. So, you know, I think time... And treat them like family. I've worked around some since the beauty market days back in the '90s. So, and you know, I, I think that part of the joy, well, the joy really out of all of this is is the friendships that you develop, the babies that are born, yeah, the the weddings, the funerals, all that. I mean, it is a big family. So now you know we've grown and you know, and I always hate to say this, there's some people now that work here that I don't even know yet. Yeah. And so that's, that's hard. Uh, but I think it's up to us to make sure that we know them and nurture them and make sure that they know how important they are.
0: I love that. Thinking they the customer first. That's a great way to do it. I wish more people would do that. So, um, something else you guys are known for, and you literally wrote the book on it's customer service. So tell us about your book a little bit.
1: Well, so (laughs) over COVID, I wrote I wrote this book, and it was really just based on how to give good customer service. Mm -hmm. In a storyline of, uh, you know, this guy dies, goes to heaven, and then before he can get to heaven, he has to go through and kind of learn what it is, customer service. Well, what it really turns out is, is that customer service is all about love. Uh, And that's the way I see heaven, is just this place of love And so that's where the book comes from. So, you know, everything that you're doing is really about respect, love, all of those things. So uh, it was a different way of kind of showing how that customer service uh, is, you know, relayed to others. Uh, But I thought it was kind of a unique way. So that's why I did it.
0: Yeah, well, they say that you know, facts tell, but stories sell, right? So you'll you'll remember a story rather than just me telling you, hey, you should uh, open the door for that person or something like that. So that's a great way to look at it. That you love on your employee because they're your customer first too. So that's a great way to look at it. If you love on people, they'll keep coming back. So man, that's really yeah, good. Absolutely,
1: and I think you know that's that's what it's all about. I think so. You know, if you you just have to enjoy life, and you have to figure out what that is. To, to make the most of your life. It goes fast, as you know. Right. I mean, I'm 10, 11 years older than you, but, you know, you, time goes fast. Sure does. Yeah. We are just talking about it.
0: our kids. You have a 14-year-old, a 15-year-old. It seems like they were just born,
1: and here we are. Right. I and mean, it, it's
0: moving on out. So um, so you have a, also have a podcast. So uh, tell us about why you started your podcast.
1: So one thing at Wichita State is that they, uh, I was in the entrepreneurship program. And they had a class uh, that we got to listen to entrepreneurs and they had a moderator and the moderator would ask questions and so that's the whole idea of the podcast is to listen to entrepreneurs tell their stories and then hopefully someone will take something from it one or two things uh to see you know what maybe they could make their business better or just to get them moving to open a business. I mean, as people say, like the number one thing that stops people from doing it is just doing it. Right. So, you know, and that's what almost everybody says. You know, what's the stopper? Well, the stopper is me. I'm not going and just doing it.
0: Yeah. That's how, that's my story as well. Yeah.
1: So you just have to do it.
0: Yeah. So why the focus on the Alabama
1: entrepreneurs? So I just think, you know, Alabama, I love Alabama. You know, I consider me an alabamian uh, I know that I moved away and back and forth a couple of different times but I think Alabama gets a bad rap and I don't think people realize what we have here in this state I mean you know first of all outdoors in Alabama is amazing yeah and it's beautiful we've got beaches we have mountains and everything in between and uh You know, I know, you know, you'll go to places and people don't think we have electricity or, you know, you know, all those things. So uh, I think it's a good way to highlight what all we have here. So Alabama Entrepreneur really is letting them tell their stories about how they got started, hardships, things like that. And hopefully people will say, hey, you know, here in Alabama, you can do anything you want to do. Hey, why not me? Why not me? Hey, man, if if I, Joe Martin, can start a business,
0: then anyone in Alabama or the world can do a business. I'm telling you, I was the least likeliest person to ever start a business. And, hey, you can do it. It It's not easy, but you can do it. So that's that's a great way. that I love listening to yours because, hey, I, there's a lot of similarities, a lot of differences. But you can get something, like you said, that, hey, I could use that in my business. I don't care what kind of business they're from. That's something that you can help across the board. So I really like what you do. Uh, so we're going to sl- switch gears a little bit. So uh, what's been your biggest failure, either personally or professionally, and how did you learn from it?
1: Well, really, going back to the dry cleaning day, my biggest failure was really being a perfectionist, not letting things go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that I'm, I'm at 80% now and 20% can go. I'm by far not a perfectionist anymore. Um, I used to be a workaholic uh, i 'm not a workaholic anymore, so um, you know i I work, I enjoy and going from that, but really that's that 's my worst failure, you know going back to no balance um, and without any balance, you just cannot be a happy person. It just doesn't work that's right uh, so anyways that 's my biggest failure.
0: For sure. Glad you learned from it. Some people have learned that one too late, so I'm glad you learned from it. So uh,
1: what makes you mad? Uh, Mean people make me mad. And, you know, we talk about emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have emotional intelligence when it comes to mean people. They make me mad. That's what they do, right? They make me mad. (laughs) Yeah. And I have something on my mirror at home, and it talks about what are you going to do to gain emotional intelligence today? because I know that that is my weakest point. Okay. So if somebody, I've even had people pull practical jokes on me before on the phone trying to get me heated. And so um, it goes back when I was, uh, when I was young, my dad worked for this guy, T.G. Neeson. And T.G., my dad said, was the best boss that he ever had. He was a mentor, and he helped. TG, really, they worked at Boeing, and my parents are from Oklahoma. My dad was working at Boeing in Wichita, and TG also was in Wichita, but moved here for the Saturn V program. Okay, yeah. So, he asked my dad to come down here to work with him here, and... But when he brought him here, T.G. was one of those guys that my mom would say, you know, if our washing machine was out, he'd be over to fix it. You know, you had one car. He always made sure that she had a way to the grocery store. He went above and beyond just being a boss.
0: Sure. He was a
1: mentor, but he also took care of the family. And I think he felt like he had that responsibility because he brought my parents. All that way, right? Yeah. And took care of them. Well, T.G. got transferred um, in the mid-70s to Seattle and then he brought dad out to Seattle and that's how we made it to Seattle. But what brings all this up back to to mean people is that T.G. had a son uh, that was, at the time they would say, mentally retarded. I forget exactly what the label, what exactly he had, Um, But he was always happy, Mm -hmm. but people were always mean to him. And even at a young age, I knew that uh, T.G. and Shirley Neeson were always very kind people. Well, the kids would tease him, and you could even see the teachers. You know, even in third and fourth grade, you could even see that the teachers weren't nice to him. Oh, wow. And and they would, you know, take him by the arms and swing him in a circle and then let go. And they'd make him take his clothes off. I mean, I remember this so vividly. And I remember that I really didn't do enough to stop that. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, what stopped me from doing that? And, you know, and I talked to my son today about that. You know, what if that happened? Like, what would you do? Would you be stronger than I was to go up and say, hey, stop this? Yeah. And, you know, and I think that you just have to be a strong enough person to be able to stop something like that. Well, he died. So, you know, and I was like his best friend. Hmm. And I remember that day and I remember feeling this, just, I felt guilty about not helping him and I felt guilty about all of these things. And, you know, ever since that time, I have just always stood up for people. I think I'd do it maybe for Daniel. But uh, I do, you know, I've got to do better in how I approach that with people yeah. because, you know, it's not a good thing. Uh, I, I, I lose whenever I get too mad. But Yeah, but standing up for other people, that, that's not
0: a bad treat. That's a good one to have. That's a good one. I wish
1: I could do it a little bit different than I do. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, trying to figure out, you know, with someone yelling at someone that I work with, I just can't stand it. I just can't stand it. But, you know, people are stressed out. Yeah. And so people need help, comfort. They need people in their lives, they need happy people. Sure. You know, just like you write in these books, you know, it's important that people know that they're important and I think a lot of people don't know you know when you die people are going to be like oh man he was such a great guy you know I mean you hear that all the time so if people could just know how they impact other people I think we'd be in a lot better boat I agree yeah so I mean that's right
0: along with the next one so what inspires you I'm kind of long-winded here that's all right man we're talking (laughs) we're hanging out You're allowed. These are your answers. Hey, hey. Yeah.
1: Take what you Is it want. Is that the right answer?
0: Right. No. wrong answers here. Yeah, so, so what what inspires you?
1: So, you know, really, you, you know, if you're talking about my son, my son inspires me. Yeah. Nice. And, you know, I I just am always amazed at things that he's able to do and you know, he inspires me. I think that Uh, Listening to someone starting a new business uh, inspires me. There's this uh, company, Alabama Trainware, and she makes these utensils for the kitchen and measuring cups and all kinds of things. And um, I'm gonna interview her soon, but it's fascinating. Here she is, she's an engineer by day, and then she comes home and she makes these things and it's phenomenal. And she just showed She's so excited about it. And right. I think that's what makes me so excited about it is she's so excited. But like she was, she had the the map on how to make this thing for your front porch where people can come. Like you grow a garden and you put everything in these baskets on your front porch and then people can come and take or give or whatever. And uh, so she was telling everybody, hey, you know, this is how we used to do it here. Let's start this again. And so she has it on her front porch and she said, anybody can come and just take what they need. Wow. And um, so it's people like that, I think, that just inspire me. Yeah. Enthusiasm is contagious. So when you get around that, that's for sure. Yes.
0: So what, what are you curious about right now? I know you, you seem like you're into a lot of different things. What are you curious
1: about? Well, we're in the middle of a, re- <laughs> we are in the middle of a remodel. And so I'm curious to know, you know, when is it going to get done? Uh, We're almost a year into it. And with COVID and with things not being able to be shipped and made and uh, all those things, uh, it makes, uh, you know, makes me anxious. (laughs) So I'm curious (laughs) to know when that's going to be done. I bet. And I'm, uh, you know, curious to know what it's going to look like. (laughs) Am I gonna actually like it (laughs) when we move in? Yes, everybody'd be surprised, right? Right. Well, that was not a good way to go about doing that. But, anyways, but um, but probably more that right now. You know, curious in a business sense. You know, I'm curious to know what's going to happen with this COVID. You know, is it going to move on out? Are we going to have another surge? Are we ever going to have to close the business again? You know. That I'm curious about. You know, Curious to all these unknowns that we won't know until it happens. That's right, welcome to be a business owner, right? Right. <laughs> you never know. You never know.
0: So uh, there's a lot of bad news on the news. So what's some good news you've come
1: across recently? Some good news. So I just celebrated my 17th wedding anniversary So, that is great news. And, um, my son won, uh, the championship game for baseball. Awesome. Yeah. His team. Yeah. And, uh, he's still doing baseball on another team, but that was good. And then he also had basketball going on and they won the season for that. So, you know, it was, it was fun watching all of that. And, um, You know, as far as business goes, I would think that, um, you know, we're back fully open now. And so we can offer all of our services again, which is huge. Um, We're sitting in this lounge, and this lounge has had nobody in it until April. Literally nobody came in this room. Oh, wow. So you know it's exciting to have that back and so that's really good news and you know there's there's a lot of good news whenever you whenever you look around i i i used to be a news junkie mm-hmm. and now i i don't listen to it as much anymore so i i do i listen to more podcasts and uh, i i enjoy those and so you know trying to get positive messages i mean there's always these amazing stories that people have and i i love listening to those so i would have to put that on the category as, as being good I, I think that um this last year i've had more time to listen to podcasts mm-hmm. and I've, I've enjoyed it so that's great news because you know now i'm finding all kinds of podcasts to listen to and there's some phenomenal people out there there really are yeah and if you're looking for it, there's good news out there if you're looking for it, you can find it good news. And look at Huntsville. I mean, my goodness. Well, and we just opened up our Madison location. You know, the real, the the good news about that is, is that we started that during COVID.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And luckily, it was being done during COVID. But the, you know, the whole time you're worried about, oh my goodness, you know, when is this going to end? And well, it opened up and the phone started ringing. And so it's, it's been great timing for it. And I think had it been other times, it would have taken a lot longer for those phones to ring. But I think everybody was just ready to get out of the house.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And so that's, that's great news. And so, you know, of course it's still the starting stages of that business. So, you know, I mean, we've got years ahead of us, but, uh, but just knowing that those phones are ringing and the people that can come in, that's great news. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, it, It couldn't have happened that way. I mean, we could have opened and had another surge, and (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Oh man! So you know, I mean that that is that is great news. So, yeah, that's awesome.
0: So thank you so much. Hey, Charles from Terra May. He's a business owner, podcaster, Alabama Entrepreneur a podcast. you got to check it out. He, he interviewed me, too, so I'm going to link all that stuff in show notes. Check out his book. on It's on Amazon, right? So you can check it on Amazon. on Amazon. And I'll link all that in show notes. Thank you so much for coming in, Charles.
1: Well, I thoroughly enjoyed this, so thank you very much for asking me. I greatly appreciate it. And oh. I know you spend a lot of time making other people happy, and that is uh, really a great, positive thing for all of us in Huntsville, so thank you. Appreciate it.
0: And I uh, hope you guys, thanks for tuning in. I'll link all that stuff in show notes, and we'll talk to you guys later. That wouldn't do bad. No, you didn't. rambling. No, you so. did Thank you so much for tuning in. If you could do me a huge favor and go review the podcast, that would be great. Give us five stars. You know we earned it. And also, go support our sponsors, Apparel Lab. Go get your shirts, hats, mugs, whatever you need over there at apparellab.co. Go check out their merch catalog as well. Go refinance your house with Dominic Garver at 256-714-1429 or go to rocketcitymortgageguide.com. And then please go check out my book on Amazon, Relentless Positivity. It's a bestseller. You need one too. Have a great day.